This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Have you been wanting to read more, but don't seem to have the time? Well, with Audible, you can read your books without having to find the extra time in your busy schedule. Stuck in traffic on your way home from work? Why not marathon the Harry Potter books? In the gym and want to learn about the First Lady? Well, you can listen to Becoming Michelle Obama while doing leg day. And if you go to audibletrial.com cultivate, you get a month free of Audible. That includes one credit that you can trade in for any audiobook of your choice, access to thousands of audiobooks free to listen to with your account, and best of all, you have access to all of your favorite podcasts in the app as well. So be sure to go to my link, audibletrial.com cultivate. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, to sign up for a free month of Audible and start reading today. Thank you, Audible, for supporting the show. Hi, I'm Carrie Ipema. I'm Quinlan Foster. And we have a podcast called Truly. Darkly. Creeply. We think you're going to love it. We think you're really going to. If you don't love it, you'll like it a lot. If, and if you don't like it, you'll hate it. But what did you lose, really? What, an hour? You're doing dishes. Relax. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. But don't relax too much. You, those dishes do need to get they done. They do need to be done. If it's true, if it's dark, if it's creepy, we talk about it. It qualifies. If we talk cults. We talk heists. We talk paranormal. Kidnappings. Aliens. Ghosts. And murders. Serial killer. You know, the typical fare. More importantly, we have fun. If you want to have fun, come on down. It's free. What it's are you very losing? casual. <laughs> Wear whatever you want. Show up whenever you want. Hey, no shirt, no shoes. Yes, podcast. So listen to Truly Darkly Creeply wherever you download podcasts. Hi, Fred. My name is Josh Shell, host of your... Nice. Want to take it away from me? My name's Fred, and I'm the host of this podcast, Let's Start a Cult. You nailed it. Nice, thanks. My name's Josh Shell, host of the Let's Start a Cult podcast. The only podcast host that can accurately tell when the rapture will happen, and has been leaving clues in every episode to let you know when. So please go listen through my catalog dozens of times. And uh, figure out when the end of days is coming. You know, invite some friends. You guys can solve it faster if you if you invite more people. So invite everyone, listen to the podcast, and give us a rating or review. Now, with that blasphemous prophesizing out of the way, <laughs> it's time to welcome my guests for this episode. She's beginning to become a regular on this podcast so much that she might become a cult classic. Wow. It's Sienna. <laughs> How's it going, Sienna? So good. So happy to be here. <laughs> In yeah. our in our basement. In our basement. Unfinished. Unfinished basement. Yes. Yeah. The studio is unfinished. If you guys saw it, actually, it might look like it could be a cult compound. Yes. Or I'm going to be murdered. So if you don't hear f- from me on another episode. I'm going to be honest, guys. It's more likely I'll get murdered. Hey. <laughs> She's in way more shape than I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this may be my last episode. Uh, no. <laughs> so I know you're a big family person, Sienna. Yes. Uh, and uh, keeping in theme with last episode you were on about the family. Okay, yeah. You remember the Australian yes. cult that it forcefully adopted children? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a good one. Yeah, good times. <laughs> I've brought you back to discuss another cult that centers around a family. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of the School of Prophets? No, I have not. Okay. Well, they are a family. Wow, they're not a school. Well, in a way, I guess. <laughs> They school some people. Oh. <laughs> In today's episode of Let's Start a Cult, we will be talking about the School of Prophets, 
which is a fundamentalist splinter group established by a pair of devout Mormon brothers. Rather than adhere to the teachings of their religion, though, they instead formed their own doctrine, one that called on them to murder their sister-in-law <gasps> and her daughter to appease God. Oh, my God. See? Family. Yeah. You know? Just typical, all Canadian, all American okay. Okay. <laughs> family. I was going to say, they're definitely not Canadian. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you have a little argument. Is the was Thanksgiving. Well, we're going to find okay. out. <laughs> I'm just saying, comparatively, uh, you know, you have an argument at Thanksgiving about, you know, religious Oh, yeah. Differences. Religion and politics. That's num- both of the Number, best topics to, br- to <laughs> bring talk up about, at family yeah. dinner. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it's similar, you know. But uh, we're going to jump into the early years of the Lafferty brothers. Okay. Lafferty. Is that not a, that's a name of famous people. Lafferty. Lafferty. Maybe. Is that the James Lafferty's? Does he play Nathan in One Tree Hill? Something uh, Lafferty. You're Anyways, asking the wrong yeah, person. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am an anti One Tree Hill nah, fan. I was obsessed. <laughs> um, so Watson Lafferty was one of the most successful businessmen that Utah County had ever seen. He was a chiropractor who ran his practice out of his home in the historic quarter of the downtown Provo, the state's fourth largest city. There he lived with his wife. Claudina, their six sons, and their two daughters. Eight kids. That's a lot of kids. That's my but, mom's. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was going to say back in the day, but then you're like, yeah, that's my, my parents up there. Yeah. <laughs> so the Lafferty children had a very difficult upbringing. Apart from being forced to adhere to the Mormon church's strict rules, they were also made to completely obey their father. Already a nice. good sign. For instance, when one of the Lafferty boys was playing with an arrow and accidentally shot himself. What? As you do, you know. Like a bow and arrow? Yeah, okay. a bow and arrow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's just th- stabbing himself with That's an arrow. That's what, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, what I assume happened is he, like, you know, shot it up in the air and then it hit him or something. I don't yeah. Know. I, don't yeah. Know the, I don't know the specifics Or down, it. pointing downwards. Oh, that's yeah. true. Maybe he launched it, yeah. So he shot himself, and uh, the father Watson refused to have him treated until the following morning, since it was the Sabbath that day. Where did he get shot? Uh, doesn't say. It doesn't say that. Okay. No, no. That's why I don't know the specifics, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, that, that's the story that's told. Nice. According to John Crowker, the author of the best-selling book, Under the Banner of Heaven, quote, Watson Lafferty wasn't a fundamentalist, but he was a very severe disciplinary. He beat his children and his wife... He killed the family dog with a baseball bat <gasps> oh my God. in front of his children. <clears throat> so this was a very dysfunctional family, end quote. <laughs> yes, it's traumatized. Yeah, that is, uh, I mean, just starting off, you can already see that these children are being raised to be terrible people. My dad dug my cat's grave. <laughs> I think that's a little in front different. Of Still alive, though. Yeah, he didn't kill the cat. No. <laughs> Let's specify that. He took care of her. The cat was getting sick, so he yeah. dug a hole. <laughs> Make your dad <laughs> No, no, he took care of her. Yeah. Anyways, um, that's awful. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, not that all people with terrible parents become terrible people. There's a pattern. But, you know, it's not a great environment to grow up in, for sure. Watson may not have been a fundamentalist himself, but he was said to have sown the seeds of paranoia, rebellion, and fanaticism into his children, particularly his two eldest sons, Ronald Watson, who preferred going by the nickname Ron, and his younger brother, Dan, both of whom were taught to distrust societal norms, including conventional medicine and the federal government. Is Dan not short for Daniel? 
Yeah. So then why does Ronald get a special shout out to be like, his name's Ronald, but he goes by Ron. I mean, his maybe his name is Daniel. Or Daniel. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I didn't actually hear what you said after that because I was too preoccupied with that. With the Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. Okay. It's just to, you know, stir controversy. Yeah. <laughs> people question it. They're like, why did he say Dan? Yeah. <laughs> Something about the government. Uh, yeah. They, okay. they were both taught to distrust the government and nice. societal norms in general. Nice. As well as medicine. So Ron and Dan were best friends, known in their neighborhood for their hot temper and aggressive personalities. They weren't very close with their younger brother, Alan, although some sources say that he looked up to them. Not much else is known about the childhood of the Lafferty brothers. However, we do know that Ron and Dan became increasingly more fundamentalist in their beliefs as they grew older. They also began to mirror their father's sentiment uh, regarding society. For instance, Dan reportedly refused to pay taxes and adhered to traffic laws. Does he not go to jail for that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> you mean you can't just be like, I'm not doing it. I mean, uh, Jeff Bezos does and he's fine. Hey, well. <laughs> he only abides by the laws yeah. of the sky and space. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Is this the last we hear about the family? Like the family as a whole? Like the siblings? No, they come back. Okay. Well, it's not all of them, I guess, but uh, I believe Alan comes back in this story. But Like uh, where the rest of the kids are? I didn't research the rest of the okay, kids. Okay, fair enough. Let's assume they had nice lives. Okay. <laughs> in the Mormon church, boys upon reaching the age of 19 are often encouraged to go on missions to far-flung places in order to preach about their faith, and the Lafferty brothers were no exception. In, the 19, in 1960, Ron was called to serve in Florida. Two years later, he returned to Utah and married a local woman named... Florida Di was his far-flung place? I mean... They're from I Utah. I was thinking, like, across the world, though, like, going to help in, like, communities. Ron. Okay, sure. <laughs> Ron decides to go to Florida, probably for obvious reasons. You know, doesn't trust the state. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, I mean, Florida from Utah. That's far. It's pretty far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for a 19-year-old. True. It's pretty good. So he, he married a local woman named Diana, and the couple went on to have a daughter whom they christened Carolee. Carolee? That's a weird name. Meanwhile, Dan served his mission in Scotland. There we go. Yeah, That's there better. we go. Becoming the first Lafferty to set foot outside of America. Oh, <laughs> so, a world traveler. Yeah, he is the only one, and he comes back. So oh. uh, he, he meets a woman there named Matilda, who had already had two daughters from a previous marriage. The couple married in 1977 and had another daughter whom they called Rebecca. Much normal than yeah, names. Yeah, <laughs> Why don't, what are the other girls? They don't get names. Okay, cool. They're in a cool, cool, previous cool. relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't matter. <laughs> Although they, eh, one of them comes up again. Um, okay. Initially, Ron and Dan were dotting fathers, adoring their daughters, and working hard to provide for their families. I don't like the initially. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's got to go downhill yeah. sometime. As the years passed, though, their religious beliefs became more and more fundamentalist. They started straying away from the Mormon church, believing that it was no longer following its founder's original teachings. Dan, in particular, was more affected by this perception. He began holding weekly meetings in, their, in his home, preaching to a group of men, including his older brother Ron, that the United States government was controlling Americans. He also spoke out against modern-day Mormon teachings, claiming that they weren't in line with the religion's original doctrine. Do you, what are they? The Mormon teaching? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. Okay. I'm not Mormon. <laughs> Yo, same. Whoa, I had no idea this whole time I thought you were uh, crazy. No, no uh, actually, uh, I know it's surprising Yeah. <laughs> with yeah. my fundamentalist yeah. beliefs. <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, you know, they're starting to stray and I have no 
no doubt that if this man was alive in the 2010s, uh, that he would absolutely have a far right podcast okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> preaching uh, all these same things uh, or maybe on Fox News. <laughs> Jeez. Around this time, Dan was excommunicated by the Mormon Church after he attempted to practice polygamy. Uh, that's not all. By Is the wife taking, okay with this? Uh, no, 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 no. By taking his 14-year-old stepdaughter as his wife. No. Yeah. I told you she comes back. No. Uh, and probably for good reasons, I'm going to leave her name out of this. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So keep going. Uh, yeah. So piece of shit. Um, this angered him and he began ramping up his weekly meetings. What angered him? That he, that he didn't do it? Couldn't. Did his wife divorce him? Uh, no, actually, she did not. Messed up. Uh, and I would like to say that, you know, it's the times, but this was like the 80s. Well, maybe she's being abused. That's fair enough. Mentally. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 Still, though. Absolutely. You have to be right by your children. Oh, yeah. So he began ramping up his weekly meetings, naming the group the School of Prophets. Roll credits. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Among those who regularly attended was his younger brother, Alan. As I mentioned, he comes back into the story. Who, in 1982, had married Brenda, a college-educated beauty pageant queen. Wow. Whom he met while in college. Wow. So he was a pretty... He's educated. He's better off than his brothers that way. Uh, a year after their wedding, they welcomed a daughter into their family and calling her Erica. Nice. Another normal name. We're two for three so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Alan's membership in the School of Prophets led to tensions between him and Brenda. He staunchly believed in his brother's ideologies, which he tried to implement in his own household. Oof. Brenda was fiercely opposed to these, though. Mainly, Good for her. Yeah, yeah. She stays with them, so I don't know. Well. <laughs> mainly because he wanted, to be, uh, wanted her to become a housewife and allow him to practice polygamy. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> the housewife thing, like, I have days where I'm like, damn, I'd be a good housewife. Like, I, I have love, days like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love to bake. I like cleaning. Yeah. Sure, I'll hang out. I have hobbies. I'll go get brunch with my friends and drink mimosas. But then, and then I'm like, no, girl power. Independent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, strong, independent yeah, woman. Yeah, I have my own career. Oh, don't trust me. I have those days where I'm like, Yeah, but damn. polygamy? Get out. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> So these ideas also angered Diana and Matilda, Ron and Dan's wives, mm. respectively. These three, the three women often got together to discuss the disturbing changes that they were seeing in their husbands, with Brenda advising the other two to stand up for themselves and refuse to accept the fundamentalist belief system. Love that. Power Girl to Brenda. Power. Yeah. Despite their rocky households, the Lafferty brothers thrived in the group that they had created. Ron in particular who was revered by other members, mainly because of his claims that he received revelations from God. Ron named one of his divine messages the revelation of removal. Part of it reportedly read, quote, Thus says the Lord unto my servants, the prophets, It is my will and commandment that you remove the following individuals in order that my work might go forward, for they have truly become obstacles in my path and will not allow my work to be stopped. First, your brother's wife, Brenda. I was about to say it's going to be the wife. And her baby. <gasps> then Chloe Remove Lowe. Remove in what way? I think, you, I think we all know. Kill? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, it, it's assumed anyway. <laughs> Who's saying this again? This is Ron. Okay. Yeah. Then Chloe Lowe and Richard Stowe. And it is my wife that will be removed in rapid succession. And that. His wife too? Yeah. And she won't let him fuck other women. Man, the bar is low. The bar is on the ground. (laughs) And that an example be made of them in order that others might see the fate of those who fight against the true saints of God. And it is my will that this matter will be taken care of as soon as possible 
and I will prepare a way for my instrument to be delivered and instructions be given unto my servant. Can we talk about just how messed up for it is? Like, guys really want to be with someone else so badly, they're like, God's telling me to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty fucked up. what? (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry? (laughs) Yeah. Just say it. I just want to sleep with other people. Yeah, just break up just with her. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> you you can do it without killing her and she'll divorce you probably or whatever. Yeah. But if that's what you want, you don't have to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably way more than they thought about this. Oh, fair, I guess. <laughs> they thought. Maybe they actually believed it. Maybe they're delusional. Yeah. And, and uh, well, and to, to put it on, it's like they're also Growing like, yeah. yeah, pushed into very fundamentalist yeah. Mormon church, which is probably like, you can absolutely not get a divorce. That's my true. assumption. But why did they get wives like that seemed normal when they knew that that's not what they wanted? Well, like I said, at the beginning, they were kind of, they were good husbands, good fathers. Yeah. And then they kind of started turning towards. Which I guess is what makes it hard for the women to just leave because they saw them when they were like actually normal people. And they're like probably like, well, they can be normal again. Yeah, they were good people. Yeah, yeah. Especially College Allen was probably a good dude. Yeah, true. (laughs) A lot of time, it's who you surround yourself with, the influence they have. So in college, he's probably surrounded by like like-minded people, like mm-hmm. Brenda, and then and he went back to his brothers. Piece of shit brothers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the older two Lafferty brothers despised their sister-in-law, Brenda, due to her encouraging their wives to stand up to them. Her advice had led to Diana divorcing Ron. Nice. There we go. After which she took their six children with her back to Florida. So she's safe? So Is Ron was going to kill his wife, though. Uh, Yeah. Still planning on it? Well, she's gone now. Maybe he's like, okay. I don't have to. Okay, okay. Just, uh, I'm putting my mind, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, yeah. but he's still furious at Brenda for yeah, convincing his wife to leave, right? Yeah. Which is not, no, I'm not, no. I'm not defending him by any means, but that's no. just what he's thinking, I assume. So Matilda also initiated divorce proceedings against Dan. Love it. Forcing him to move out of their home in Utah. Okay, why isn't Brent? I guess Alan might not be that bad. Yeah, like I, like yeah. I said, Alan might be more. And, and if Brenda's yeah. standing up to him, maybe. And he's not. Yeah, if the home yeah. life is still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The two other individuals mentioned in the revelation of removal were neighbors that the brothers believed had offended them. Get for, off my lawn. For instance, Chloe Lowe was a close friend that provided Diana with some much-needed support when she was challenging Ron's radical beliefs. Nice. Meanwhile, Robert Stowe was a member of the Mormon church who presided over Ron's excommunication. Fortunately for both Lowe and Stowe, that's funny their I names are Ron. Yeah. <laughs> they have nothing to do with each other <laughs> other than this weird man. They managed to survive what the revelation of removal had outlined for them. Brendan Lafferty and her daughter, though, <gasps> we're not as lucky. No, they were like the good people, the good guys in this story. Yeah. Stop. Did Alan kill them? We're going to find out. <laughs> um, but do you know who won't murder your sister-in-law and her daughter? Hopefully everyone. Uh, yeah, that's true. I don't have a sister-in-law. Okay, well, not you, yet. <laughs> you don't need it <laughs> I do. You have a sister-in-law? Yes, you do. I do. But no, <laughs> the uh, products and services that support this podcast. Mm, yeah, of course. And uh, pay for this lovely unfinished basement. Wow. Uh, <laughs> can you pay us a little bit more? <laughs> We'd like, uh, you know, some flooring. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they put on. I don't know construction. What do they do, the, these walls, to make them look better? Drywall? drywall? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> they need drywall on yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so please enjoy some ads so that we can finish our basement. Nice. <laughs> 
All right, we're back. Is our basement finished? No. Uh, it's still dusty. Damn. <laughs> so, we last left off on a little bit of a cliffhanger, you know. Not looking good for Brenda. No. And we are actually going to get into the murders that take Is place. Is it gory? It's not great. <laughs> uh, why did you choose this? You know, family. Um, it's fine. We just won't both sleep tonight then. <laughs> So after their divorces, the two older Lafferty brothers went on a road trip together. Nice. At times living in Ron's green Impala wagon. However, on the morning of July 24th, 1984, they were back in Utah, accompanied by a pair of hitchhikers named Ricky Knapp and Chip Kearns, both of whom they'd picked up while on their travels. Chip sounds like a hitchhiker. It does sound like a hitchhiker. You're right. Mm. <laughs> so they apparently convinced these people to help them. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's the hitchhikers for you. They're like, yeah, we'll give you a ride if you yeah. help us kill sure. <laughs> our shitty stepsister. That's or sister really mom. weird. Yeah. The four men armed themselves with knives, a sawed-off shotgun, and ammunition before driving to the duplex where Alan lived with his family. Did Alan, be, was he like, yeah, yeah, sounds good? I don't believe he was okay with it. Okay. Uh, he was at work at the time while Brenda and one-year-old Erica were at home. Approximately 1.30 p.m., Ron Lafferty knocked on his sister-in-law's door, carrying the sawed-off shotgun in his right hand while a knife was hiding in his boot. Nobody answered, though, and the group Good. drove away, with Dan thinking that, like Abraham, they'd just passed a test of faith from God. Oh. However, driving half a block away from the duplex, he turned the car around and headed back. Why? Believing that it was perhaps him and not Ron who was supposed to fulfill the revelation of removal. What? Because Ron knocked on the door. Oh, my God. This time, it was him who got out and knocked on the door. And unfortunately, this time, Brenda answered. Why didn't, why, Brenda? I don't know. Maybe she likes I mean, Dan it's, better. It's not her fault at all, but come no. on. <laughs> Both the Lafferty brothers pushed their way past Brenda, uh, with Dan swiftly pinning her to the floor. She begged them not to hurt her and Erica. However, her pleas fell on deaf ears. You might want to close your ears for this I one. hate this. They violently beat her and punched her face repeatedly in a bid to subdue her. This was unsuccessful, and they settled for tying the vacuum cord around her neck before brutally slitting her throat. After killing Brenda, Dan headed into the nursery where baby Erica was sitting in her crib. He talked to her softly, reportedly saying, quote, I'm not sure what this is all about, but apparently it's God's will that you leave this world. Perhaps we can talk about it later. End quote. He then held his niece's head before slashing her neck, using enough force to nearly decapitate her. Okay, you're, you're good to listen again. Despite just having murdered two people, Ron and Dan's bloodlust was far from sated. <gasps> they wanted to carry out the rest of their mission and drove to Chloe Lowe's house, intending to kill her. Fortunately, though, she wasn't uh. home, so they settled on breaking in and stealing a few valuables. Afterwards, they planned to head to Robert Stowe's home, but for some unknown reason, they ultimately decided to spare his life. Are they still with Chip and... Yeah, they're still with those two. It's because he's male, isn't it? That's why. What do you mean? They were like, yeah, we'll kill the women. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are pretty misogynistic, so that's not a bad claim. That's so messed up. When Alan Lafferty arrived from work at about 8 p.m. that evening, he walked into a horrific scene. In an article on the crematorium contributor, Madeline O'Brien wrote, quote, yeah, you're going to want to close your ears. Again. Close my <laughs> eyes. Close are you going to act it out? <laughs> quote, according to the medical examiner, her throat was cut. A six-inch long incision sliced through her trachea, both jugular veins and both cardioid arteries and left a cut on her spinal column blood was smeared everywhere the drapes the walls light switches talk quieter it was obvious that there had been a major struggle 
Alan went down the hall towards baby Erica's room and found the little one propped against her back of the crib, head slumped over, her neck gashed from ear to ear. The medical examiner determined that both Brenda and Erica were alive at the time Dan viciously and without mercy slit their throats. End quote. Did you hear some of that? <laughs> kind of. Not like the start a little bit. Okay. And then I started mad so that I could okay. not hear. Um, for everyone else that listened to that, <laughs> uh, I apologize. But uh, So was Alan upset? Yeah. So he, Alan calls the police. Good. Sharing with them his su- suspicions about the two older brothers and told them about the revelation of removal. Although he admitted that he thought he, they'd never go through with it. Okay. Well, fair enough. You probably yeah. thought you're... I mean, kind of. I don't know. I would hope that if someone gave you a death threat on my life, you'd take it very seriously. I was going to say, I think if anyone made death threats on you, I would definitely, or anyone, if anyone made death threats, I think I would just immediately call the police. (laughs) True. But yeah, I mean, I guess as his brothers, maybe he didn't think. Yeah. They were. It's Well, I mean, that's true. Anyway, his suspicion was corroborated by one of the neighbors who claimed they had seen a green station wagon parked outside the duplex around the time the murders were carried out. An all-points bulletin was put out by the FBI, and almost immediately, a tip came in that Ron's car had been spotted in Cheyenne, Wyoming. When police officers surrounded it, though, the Lafferty brothers were nowhere to be found. Was Chip there? Yeah, instead of only Knapp and Carnes, the hitchhikers whom they picked up were the the only ones inside. My God. Knapp and Carnes claimed to have no knowledge of where their Lafferty brothers were. However, they did show the police a bloodstained knife. Lab results later revealed... Did they kill them at all, or did they no, just come with them? They were just in the car. I don't even know if they went in the house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Moral support from people they just know. met. Like, I what don't. was the purpose of that? I guess, well, this is kind of smart, if you think about it, from a serial killer. You yeah. give them the car, and then it leads that, like, your yeah. car away from you, right? So, lab results later revealed that it had been the weapon that used that had been used to murder Brenda. Shortly afterwards, on August 17th, 1984, another tip came in saying that Ron and Dan had been spotted at Circus Circus Casino in Reno, Nevada. They have two circuses in the name. That's ridiculous. It was there that both brothers were finally arrested and charged with aggravated burglary, two counts of first-degree murder, and conspiracy to commit murder. Meanwhile, Knapp and Carnes were also initially charged with murder, although they agreed to testify for prosecution in in exchange for a reduced charge. Which, I mean... Fair, but also you piece of shit. Yeah, like you, you can should call have called the police. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On the witness stand, the hitchhikers stated that Ron, after the murders, pulled the bloody knife out from his boot and said, quote, I killed her. I killed her. I killed the bitch. I can't believe I killed her. End quote. He then thanked Dan for slashing Erica's throat, claiming that he didn't think he would have been able to murder his baby niece. The Lafferty brothers chose to represent themselves at trial and were both found guilty. Good. Yeah with Dan being sentenced to a life in prison while Ron was given the death penalty. However, Ron's sentence was overturned on appeal in 1991, with his defense team pointing out that his suicide attempt before the trial had caused irreversible mental damage. Because of this, he was declared incompetent and sent to state hospital to undergo treatment. But a few years later, in 1996, Ron's competence was restored, and he was again sentenced with the death penalty. Nice, love that. Yeah. I don't know how that would... Why they... Okay. The U.S. death penalty never makes sense to me. Why would they spend medical resources to bring him back to health just to kill, kill him? him? Yeah. Like, I, why not just, if you're going to do it, yeah, just do it. If you're not going to do it, don't do it. Yeah, just I have a hard jail. time <laughs> with the death penalty because, like, I don't believe in it. Yeah. In the sense that, like, you why take a life for a life? Like, it doesn't, you're... It doesn't help anyone. It, but the, the issue is, it's like, the purpose of PRISM is... 
Prism. Prism. Prism, <laughs> the Pink Floyd, <laughs> the Pink is Floyd. It album. <laughs> yeah. um, no, Prism. Like, technically, obviously, this isn't how it actually really happens, but it's to reform people, to put them right. back in society. But people like that who have killed a one-year-old baby should never be back in society. So the purpose of putting them in for prison for life is yeah. like, okay, so they're going to reform, try to reform them. It's just... So I get it, but I don't get it. But yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, and there's obviously issues with the current, uh, let's say, North American prison system, because ours yeah. isn't great either. The yeah, Canadian yeah. one is about the same. You just lock people up and then yeah. never they don't really give them teach the resources. them anything. And some people deserve resources. Some people yeah. are in there for things that, like, growing up, like, it, it was influential. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the smaller kind of things. And they deserve to have, like, education. And they, some do get education and stuff like that but for people who are doing stuff like this it's like yeah no you don't deserve (laughs) anything yeah definitely man it's it is tough because like these people definitely deserve to be behind bars for the rest of their lives but yeah does killing them really solve anything i mean they deserve it i don't it's hard to say because in my mind it's like i'm just thinking about i have a one-year-old niece yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I agree with you. I, yeah, like, yeah. They, but it's hard. Yeah, they're pieces yeah, yeah. of shit. Am yeah. I sad he's gone? No. Yeah. Am I like, could he have been reformed? No. Maybe. Maybe sure. With proper mental, you know. Yeah. Uh, but does he deserve to be reformed? That's the moral question, know. right? Yeah. It's tough. Okay, let's get. I'm gonna. This is gonna keep me up at night. So we gotta. <laughs> we gotta move on. All right. Um. So. Unfortunately, the twisted tale of the School of Prophets continued long after the Lafferty brothers were put behind bars. In the early 2000s, a woman named Christy Strack, who had developed an obsession with the double murder, began writing to Dan, who was incarcerated in Utah State Prison. What began as a close friendship between two unlikely individuals developed into a full-blown romance. Oh, God. With Dan even cutting off his waist-length hair and sending them to Strack. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> However, her visiting privileges were finally revoked by f- prison officials. Later, it would be revealed that Strack and her husband, Benjamin, had a history of drug addiction and mental illness. They also reportedly feared that impending apocalypse and often turned to Dan for assurance. From prison. From prison, yeah. How, is, how are people in prison allowed to communicate and have influence on the outside world? Some people, okay, now we're getting back into it, but <laughs> some people should, but how should, how can people like him be allowed to have that? Yeah, there should be some sort of screening process yeah. for sure, maybe. Yeah. Oh I my know. God, I would be, if I was a prison guard, okay, the, like, <laughs> I, like if I was in the mail room or something, you better, I, that's a federal offense though, isn't it? Reading people's mail. Yeah, absolutely. But I would be, oh God, I'd be getting all the tea. <laughs> Uh, it's a good thing you have nothing to do with the, f- yeah. <laughs> the prison system. Yeah, I don't know. Again, it comes big up to the moral because you want people to be able to reintegrate into society yes. when they inevitably get out. Absolutely. Will this guy and ever have get contact out? still with people? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a gray area for sure. Yeah. But in 2008, the Shracks began homeschooling their children. Although court records show that they were convicted of forgery and disorderly conduct around the same time. Christy was also taking methadone, which she had been prescribed to help treat her opiate addiction. So she's doing great. Well, I mean, I guess it's good that she's treating. With more drugs. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. On September 27th of that year, Benjamin and Christy, along with their three children, 14-year-old Benson, 12-year-old Emery, and 11-year-old Zion, were found dead in their homes. Oh, my God. Surrounded by a cup filled with lethal cocktail of methadone and cold medicine 
When questioned by investigators, Dan Lafferty denied being involved in the Strax family's murder-suicide, although he speculated that the couple had taken his hell-on-earth philosophy to heart. So all... That's what I'm saying. He sh- like yeah. shouldn't have had influence on them. At the same time, I'm sure they sound like they had issues. Maybe it would have gotten there anyways. Maybe they would have found another reason or another person or another yeah. whatever ideology because to get to where they were. But he's at fault a little bit. For, I don't oh, know. That's uh, just so messed up. Yeah, it's it's tough to say. It, he's definitely some at some kind of fault, but it's hard to say how much. You know yeah. what I mean? Can you really charge him for anything? No. Not really. Yeah. Like they, of their own, should not have. They were terrible people on yeah. their own. Yeah. Yes. To conclude this whole family episode, <laughs> Ron Lafferty was scheduled to be shot by firing squad in 2020. becoming the They f- still do that? The yeah. firing squad? Becoming the first American to be executed that way in nearly a decade. Were they just like, we got to do this? I don't know. Um, yeah. So it would be the first time in over a decade that this had happened. But it is still wild that it happens in the 21st century. Oh, my goodness. However, in November 2019, prison officials announced that the 78-year-old death row inmate had died of natural causes. Kind of shitty that he lived. Well, I mean, there you go. He lived his whole life. Yeah. So death row takes a while, I guess. I guess. That's weird to me. Why does death row take that long? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a good thing in some ways if it, like a false, like an... um, Yeah, and that's a uh, thing. That's another reason why I think the death penalty should not be a thing, because what if you're wrong? Yeah. what yeah. if, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, this one's pretty cold cut, but yeah. again, yeah. It, I think it's just in case thing. You give him quite a few yeah. years. I don't know. The death of Ron Lafferty hasn't given any closure to those who loved Brenda. Fair enough. And her baby girl, though. An old neighbor of theirs, Kathy Pace, can't discuss the case without crying. Meanwhile, her daughter, who was 14 at the time, often babysat Erica, Ugh. has never been able to talk about the murder at all. What's Alan up to? Good question. Alive and well. I don't know what Alan Lafferty's doing. You look it up. Yeah. I don't know what happened now. Oh, wait. Here we go. One sec. Okay. So I found out that Brenda, it's like about Brenda's sister, and she doesn't feel cheated that her killer will not be executed at all. But it also says in here that over the years, she has stayed in touch with Alan Lafferty. And so I'm just assuming that if they stayed in touch, that maybe they're okay. They're okay. I mean, it's hard to blame Alan, right? Yeah, I just was wondering if if the family, like if Brenda's family blamed Alan, because I'm sure it would be hard not but. I mean, it is tough, right? Like, Alan was the best guy, but he definitely was influenced by his older brothers. And I guess it, for him, it was probably hard to believe that they would actually do anything. He probably just believed that his brothers were angry about the divorce. And then yeah, the worst case happened. And um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe this led him to a being a better person. Sorry. <laughs> I was still looking at more. I feel like that, like he's like out of the public eye, like doesn't want to be. I mean, fair. Yeah. He was like a witness in the trial. But then it, this one says Alan Laftry is remarried, but they are unable to find any further details. Yeah. I mean, anyway, sorry. Yeah. Good for him keeping yeah. a low profile. Hopefully he's a better person now. I'd hope so. Um, what a wild ride. What a wild ride. So for many of the Lafferty's family's former neighbors, it's unfathomable how the two good Mormon boys managed to fool themselves into believing that the senseless murders they, they had committed were ordered by God. According to Ken Beck, a bishop of the, with the Mormon church who knew the family well, said, quote, It was a complete shock for all of us. It was just a quiet and lazy neighborhood. I think about it every year. 
end quote. That is the school of prophets. It Fun turned, one? Yeah, I loved that. No. Yeah, family. Yeah. Fa- it literally wow, had everything family. to do with family, yeah. like I said. No, that's true. We're keeping a theme when you come on. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so uh, what, are your, what are your initial thoughts? I know it's, it's hard to call it a cult, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's a cult in the sense that they had an ideology and were trying to influence people. Yeah. And maybe they would have grown bigger if they didn't, they murder. didn't murder someone <laughs> and get caught right away. But yeah, good thing they didn't. And I guess they influenced more murders. Yeah, well, influence might, might be the right word because who knows how much actually. Had well, on that it's family. fair to say influenced. Yeah, caused would be a different no, yeah. uh, claim. Dan specifically continued to influence. Uh, yeah. when he was in prison. Prison. So yeah, not not quite uh, the cult we're used to. It's more of um, a weird murder case. Yeah, with religious overtones. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> I'm getting. Uh, Murder with religious overtones. Oh, I thought you were smelling like the dust down here. I was like, oh, is this bad? No, I was trying to make a joke and it went terribly. <laughs> so before we finish off and get out of this basement. Nice. It's time for cult critique. You know what it is. I rate We're going to rate right? it. Yeah, yeah. One to five. What would you rate the School of Prophets? I'm going to give them a two. Okay. Point five. Point five. Okay. Two or a two, maybe a two, just because... I was going to rate them a one because it wasn't really a cult. They didn't really get going. But at the Fair. same time, they were able to influence more people and from prison. Mm. And they influenced those two hitchhikers randomly. Yeah, so I'm going 2.5, I guess. They <laughs> seemed very charismatic in that sense. But it wasn't really like a full-on cult. Mm. So they don't get a full five That's for fair. me. Yeah. Okay. I still don't know how were you doing this rating scale if it's like yeah. how much great of a cult they are, how much damage they did. <laughs> or th- they get a five if they were like really nice and just spread good things. Good hope yeah. and cheer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. It changes from That's guest fair. to guest, episode to episode, cult to cult. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I probably, I'm going to go give it one star. Yeah. It, just because it, it was barely a cult, yeah. I would say. I'd still framework it as a cult because they did have that religious over- yeah. undertone and they were a little charismatic, but they definitely didn't get to the size or scope of many other yeah. cults. Yeah, they were just kind of shitty people. It seemed like that really That's wanted to cheat like. on their wives. Yep. So, and they were like, let's make all this stuff up. Yeah. But so that we can cheat on our wives. In trouble. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely a super low score. Um, shitty guys. Men are trash. <laughs> You know what? I think more women listen to this podcast anyway. So <laughs> nice. So when are you going to start a podcast so you can shout out stuff on on this episode on my podcast? Do I, uh, when I have time, okay. which will be not for a long, Sometime. long, long yeah, time. Someday. Okay. I'd like to shout out chocolate. Okay. For which kind? Keeping me alive. <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups, M and M's. God damn it! They better be sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on. As Thank always, you. it's fun to have you on. Cult. Be upstairs in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cult classic, as I said before. Nice. So uh, you're always welcome back. As long as I'm beating Greg. That's all that matters You to are me. beating Greg. Love it. From episode Heaven's Gate. I couldn't remember. Does anybody remember was. Greg? Is he rememberable? <laughs> rememberable? Memorable. Oh it's late. God. Okay. <laughs> So that is the end of this episode. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can do so by rating, reviewing, and sharing the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podchasers, or Good Pods. 
If you want to support the show financially, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com slash let's start a cult so we can finish these floors. Yeah. And the walls put, uh, what are they called again? What's it called again? Drywall. Drywall. There you go. And if you really can't get enough of my voice, I have my other podcast, Reddit on Wiki. You can go check that out. Uh, every Monday we come out with an episode. You can go check that one out. If cults, cults aren't enough for you and aren't you want to hear it for you. Yeah. If cults aren't doing it for <laughs> you and you want to hear about history, paranormal, or uh, random, not safe for work. Yeah. Smut readings. <laughs> you can go check out Reddit on Wiki. Thank you, Fred, for listening. And thank you, Sienna, for coming on today. Thank you. We will see you next time. See you in a bit. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Have you been wanting to read more, but don't seem to have the time? Well, with Audible, you can read your books without having to find the extra time in your busy schedule. Stuck in traffic on your way home from work? Why not marathon the Harry Potter books? In the gym and want to learn about the First Lady? Well, you can listen to Becoming Michelle Obama while doing Leg Day. And if you go to audibletrial.com cultivate, you get a month free of Audible. That includes one credit that you can trade in for any audiobook of your choice, access to thousands of audiobooks free to listen to with your account, and best of all, you have access to all of your favorite podcasts in the app as well. So be sure to go to my link, audibletrial.com cultivate. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, to sign up for a free month of Audible and start reading today. Thank you, Audible, for supporting the show.